Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When somebody has three decades of experience, you probably should listen to them, or else you might get some malicious compliance. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, only company projects on company property? Sure. While in college, I had a co-op semester in a shop environment with a small company. My position was a designer with their product development team, and there weren't very many tools available to make things. We were expected to produce concept prototypes out of car stock and Elmer's glue. When our first presentation was met with disappointment since they just hired this new intern to improve the quality of deliverables, referring to me, I decided to do something about it. Over the next couple of weeks, I started bringing in my own tools for my personal shop. I had a whole menagerie of woodworking tools, automotive tools, my welder, and even a couple of my 3D printers. I turned their chintzy studio area into a respectable prototyping space. The next presentation went very well when we were able to show a very fancy model paired with CAD designs and the associated 3D prints, detailed woodwork, and even bespoke metal details. Everyone was very happy, and I got to work with my own tools at my job. It was good times. Then came the reversal. The company had originally hired me as part of their expansion, and about two months after I had joined, roughly a month after I built their shop, the company was finally big enough to hire a single HR person. If you've ever had to compete with the mental gymnastics of human resources, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. One evening, I was staying late to work on some personal projects. My immediate supervisor and everyone I worked with was aware that I did this. New HR lady was not. The day after, she called me in for a chat. It essentially went like this. Why did you leave so late after clocking out last night? I said, I was just working on some personal projects. They say, okay, well, you can't use the company's space for personal projects. It's against policy. I say, why? It's never been a problem before. They say running a shop costs money, and if that money isn't invested into the company's projects, then it isn't good use of company funds. Now, I know the running of a shop costs some money and power, labor, and maintenance, but I was clocked out and the tools were basically all my own personal tools, so I said, I was clocked out and only using my own tools. The company isn't actually spending anything for me to do my own work. They say regardless, while on company property, you will only work on company projects. If you want to work on personal projects, you must do it in your own shop. I considered explaining how the shop is 95% all my tools and equipment, but I only had about a month left in my co-op before heading back to classes next semester, and I was planning on taking my tools back by that time anyway, so cue malicious compliance. I concluded the conversation with HR lady by asking for a transcription of her verdict in an email. I then waited until everyone had left from work the next day, then spent about an hour rounding up all my tools and putting them in the back of my truck. I took them home, and the next day, went into work to find my department in chaos. I was immediately called into my supervisor's office and sat down. My supervisor was a pretty chill guy. 
so he calmly asked why I cleaned out my stuff. I simply showed him the email from HR lady and explained that if I can only do company projects on company property, then I'll also only use my personal property for personal projects. He laughed a bit to himself under his breath, asked me to forward the email to him, and then dismissed me. For the next month, I happily glued pieces of paper together to make simple form models while the entire department fell apart. We were unable to complete promised prototypes for our biggest client, lost that client as a result, and I left the company for good shortly thereafter. If you're going to run a company, it helps to provide your employees the equipment they need to adequately do their job. My question is, how does this company continue to exist if they don't supply the right stuff? Do they just take advantage of all of their workers? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, tell me I shouldn't buy delicate binoculars without insurance? Fine, I won't buy them then. Many years ago, I had some hospitality tickets for F1 at Silverstone. I think it was the year Hamilton won his first season. I decided to get some binoculars to take with me. So I go to the local Jessops and talk to a very nice sales lady who seems genuinely excited at the idea of going to F1 at Silverstone. She suggests some binoculars and I get my wallet out. At which point the sales guy comes bounding over, pushes the sales lady out of the way, grabs the binoculars I was going to buy from her and asks what I'm thinking of using them for. Barely lets me answer as he grabs some that me and the sales lady had already discounted because they were twice as much and suggests that they would be a much better option. Mildly irritated at this point, I was enjoying chatting to the sales lady. I list some of the reasons that she told me they weren't a good fit. The sales guy rolls his eyes, says she's just a trainee, and the expensive ones are really the ones I want. Eventually, it takes quite a stern no to stop him trying to upsell me. At this point, I really just want to walk out of the shop, but I suffer from the occasionally debilitating condition of being English, and that kind of embarrassment is just too much to take. Instead, I'll buy them and go home fantasizing about all the cool things I should have said. So, card in hand, I'm about to pay, and he asks about whether I want insurance. No, just that, thanks. They say, you really should have insurance. They're very delicate. It doesn't take much to knock a lens out of alignment. I say, no, it's fine. Just the binoculars, please. They say, you probably shouldn't buy them without the insurance. Finally given a way out, I nod and agree. And he runs out the back to get the paperwork for the insurance. He comes back and asks me for my name for the insurance. I said, oh, no, sorry. I was agreeing with you that I shouldn't buy them. Not if they're that delicate. I'm quite clumsy, so I would definitely break them. He tries to backtrack on some of the ones that the sales lady has suggested, saying that they would actually be perfect for me. I reminded him he said they weren't very good. Then I thanked him for helping me see that I really didn't need to spend all of that money on binoculars and walked out. All of us, I think, secretly want this guy to be kicking himself and so torn up over this. Fact is, he probably just leached onto the next person they could try to upsell. And honestly, I can't blame OP too much. If I go into a store like that and somebody walks up to me and is clearly trying to make a sale or is asking, can I help you as a clear guise to try to upsell me on something? I'm going to be honest, it heavily influences me to not want to give that company my money. Leave me alone and let me browse. Our next story is... 
disregard my three decades of expertise? Fine, I get paid the same. For just about the last three decades, I, 58-year-old male, have been designing software. I've gotten pretty decent at it too. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. There are, of course, challenges, like insane business requirements, or ridiculous deliverable timelines, or micromanaging product owners, or the ever-popular design by committee, but the worst, and I mean worst, is that everybody who uses software thinks they know how to design it. Spoiler alert, they don't. There are design rules, there are best practices, there are laws, there are nuances to accessibility and localization, there are technical constraints. Try to explain that to a stakeholder who can barely spell HTML and thinks they're a whiz with Microsoft Paint and savor the empty stare and vacant eyes. But hey, they've worked there for years, so they know best. Well, a few years ago, I took a gig at a small software company with a complex and well-established, if antiquated, niche software product. They wanted to modernize it and bring it to the web. Excellent. Just what I specialize in. I settled in for a few months of learning the software, the customers and their needs, and the industry it served. All was hunky-dory while I was off on Research Island. But the time came to start putting actual proposals together and doing some testing. This is where the real fun started. The team leader I was assigned to was a mediocre dev who had failed upward into management and argued with every darn thing I said or proposed. No, Bert, the buttons should not be all scattered randomly on the page. Yes, Bert, colors do actually need to be consistent and mean something. No, Bert, you shouldn't create a new custom widget to replace a well-established HTML control. 
because you didn't like the thickness of a line, and so on. And because dealing with this yutz wasn't enough of a challenge, the business dev guy they threw at the team demanded that we create all specs and design artifacts during daily 5-hour workshop meetings, where everybody could have a say about everything. In Elmo's view, nobody would be above anyone else with their annoying skills or knowledge about anything. No, we would all talk it out. And hey, remember kids, there are no wrong answers. As a bonus, we'll hold a vote on every decision. Because yeah, your uninformed opinion is just as valid as my three decades of experience. Design patterns which normally would have taken me about an hour of wireframing took five people a full week. And the design they settled on sucked wet farts out of dead pigeons. Trying to tell the team that I could generate some examples they could then take and adjust went over about as well as you would expect. Not at all. The cherry on this crap Sunday was the dev they brought in to prototype the thing. In a final attempt to help move things forward, I slapped together a very quick wireframe mockup in HTML, which sent Ernie the dev into paroxysms of fury. How dare I invade his domain and create any code? That was his job. He demanded that he was the expert and I should let him take care of everything. For reference, he'd found Google's material design site and did a copy pasta of their generic framework. Zero customization, zero color, zero personality. It was like selling a house with drywall installed but no finish. As expected, his work was crap and any feedback or suggestions no matter how politely framed, were met with not only scorn and derision, but anger at my temerity to question his skills, meager as they were. By now, not only was I a troublemaking elitist who thought I could do a better job than the team, gasp, I could, but now I was a complainer. Middle manager Bert went and whined to his boss, who called me on the carpet for about 15 minutes, just as I was on my way out the door one Friday. I didn't know what the heck he was talking about, but apparently I wasn't a team player. I was instructed to only provide input when asked, period. Malicious compliance incoming. I sat in meetings for hours, watching the clown show and counting down to lunchtime. Nobody asked my opinion, so nobody received my opinion. Questions to me were few and far between, and my replies were as neutral and generic as I could make them. At the end of the week, I started getting uninvited to the workshop meetings. Since that was my only deliverable, I sat at my desk with nothing else to do. At all. After all, I wasn't supposed to do anything without being asked. After about two weeks of this, I figured I'd cover my butt a little and asked Bert's boss if there were any changes in his instructions. There were not. Apparently, I was doing exactly what they wanted. So... Back to my desk and more hours of waiting to go home. I didn't think this would go on forever. After all, the executive team who hired me into this role knew for a fact they needed my expertise. Their customers informed them almost daily of how outdated the software was. So I sat and did online training and read professional journals and surfed Reddit on my phone all while watching the frantic pace of ready-for-the-dumpster software being developed all around me, and sat and waited for three months. These idiots actually paid me to sit on my hands for more than three months. Now, although these clowns were utterly incompetent, the people who ran the company weren't. 
At some point, they were going to discover what a garbage pile their minions were carefully splooging together, and somebody was going to be blamed. Pretty obvious that the guy who hadn't participated for a quarter year would be the designated scapegoat, so I found another position and bailed before they managed to pull their head out of their butts long enough to find somebody to fire. As I was strolling out the door, they were planning on a big release to introduce their all-new, updated, wonderful product to be launched after all the bugs were ironed out. It's been three years since I left. The product never launched. To those who say, I'd love a job where I don't have to do anything, I'm sure for some people that would be heaven. But for me, having no purpose was a waste of life. If I'm going to spend my time on something, it's going to be something where I can make a difference. Anything else is a waste. Plus, the days drag. I'm wondering if these people saw OP come into this place and saw them as like maybe somebody that's out of touch, maybe somebody that doesn't know what they're doing or is probably too old school. I mean, why else would they turn down somebody with so much expertise? Does OP have to go around job to job saying, hey, I've been doing this for 30 years and don't worry, I stayed on top of it during that whole time too, to be able to get a word in edgewise? That being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy story of malicious compliance, check out that video on the left. Or, if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see all of you next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.